0: This is Confessions of a Pastor. A relentlessly real peek behind the scenes of Journey Church in Bend, Oregon. From church in a strip club to a strip mall. Going where Jesus would go to reach people Jesus would reach the good, the bad,
1: and the ugly, all for the glory of God, a journey of misery and miracles. Your hosts are the founders, Pastor Keith and Kara. There
0: really is hope for everyone. Welcome, everyone. This is your daily dose of Confessions of the Pastor. We are your hosts, Keith and (laughs) Kara. I was going to let you introduce yourself today.
1: (laughs) Thanks. I'm here.
0: Yes, we are here to confess, friends. We want to pour out our hearts to you, our friends, and we're so grateful for you. We are blessed beyond comprehension.
1: We are. So I'm going to ask you for a confession. Yes. Could you, okay, in, in the spirit, and the honor of uh, celebrating our 14th birthday last Sunday at Journey Come Church. On, somebody.
0: 14 years. We
1: made it 14 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tell Could you tell us what your like craziest or funniest or most outlandish memory is oh, I at Journey Church in 14 years?
0: I don't think I have one specifically, Kara. Okay, I, then I maybe
1: would, just share one. I would have
0: to prepare and meditate and think over the last 14 <laughs> years. But I do have a bazillion wild, weird, just weird stories. We do. Journey, uh, we've always attracted weird because of who we are. I I like to say we're like Jesus and Jesus did some pretty weird things too. This is true. Facing demoniacs and, you know, sick, sick in different ways, lepers and blind and so forth. And just, and the way he did it spitting in the ground. And yeah, we, we've just had a very much Jesus style church over 14 years, meaning unorthodox of what you traditionally think. Yes, absolutely. and, and, because of that, there's, there's definitely been a lot of weird stories. I mean, I'll just I'll fire off a few. OK. And they're not necessarily like stories with the beginning, middle, and end, but just memories. Sure. Um, so upstairs after we transformed the, the nightclub into a church, yeah. uh, we had been operating in there for a few years. But we were still attracting people that knew of the nightclub mm-hmm. and so forth. And uh, one week, somebody was shooting up Drugs in the men's bathroom. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so we had to ask him to uh, politely not do that. Right. And even vacate our premises. Um, I've had people interrupt me during sermons and do some weird things, Mm -hmm. pass me notes, try to talk to me, interrupt me, um, correct me. So those have been weird, Yes. uh, to say the least. Uh, We've attracted couples who... Are curious about church, but maybe they were unchurched or on drugs, (laughs) where during music time they're used to nightclubs or dancing places, and we've had people like getting it on during. worship. Yes, we have. <laughs> I thought we were past that, but someone told me just this past Sunday,
1: we had some swing dancers on Sunday.
0: Oh, not just that. I'm talking about like getting all like cuddly too. Oh, like, okay. I'm I ta- didn't know that. Yeah. Just this past Sunday oh. as well. So I'm like, I
1: saw uh, this last Sunday night at pursuit night. We had a couple of swing dancers. I missed that. I'm kind of glad I didn't see it.
0: <laughs> I just, those, those are just weird. Cause right. I mean, we had a guy that was so disruptive and interruptive during worship that we finally addressed him and he wouldn't stop and after week after week after week finally i just told him listen you seem to want more attention on yourself Mm. and you want to you know focus on god and uh, just politely let him know we're not the right church for him and he was with us for quite a while but he was so disruptive and he went from church to church to church all over You know, Central Oregon. Mm -hmm. And those churches didn't tolerate him nearly as long as I did. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I would get phone calls like, hey, Pastor Keith, Pastor so and so at down the street church. And yeah, uh, do you know so and so? Because he said he was kicked out of your church. I'm like, well, he sort of was, but not really. You know, he was being disruptive. He, you know, over and over and over. And he always had to be like right in the middle.
1: (laughs) remember he had this thing with his hands yes and it would always catch on the video like yeah because he if would you were,
0: third row back sorry keep going that's
1: okay if you were watching the stream online yes. his his hands would be in the air and his yes. fingers would be doing weird things
0: yes he would t- twist his hands yes and, like you would see someone at a, a rave or um some drug vest or something. Right. And he, he, I don't think he was on drugs. He just had all sorts of other issues. So yeah, I'm picking out all the issues. Um, but those were the ones that were memorable. We've done baptisms at the river where people have come forward and stripped down into their chonies, uh, which is another way of saying underwear. (laughs) And usually it's like, Oh, okay, we're doing this. All right. Here we go. No shirt. Nothing. All right. Right. Here we go.
1: Keeps Um, it real. I mean, it does keep
0: it real. Um, you know, and th- those are the weird ones, but I definitely can look back and say there's memorable moments that stick with me that are powerful. Oh, yeah. And God-sized moment, it's bapti- baptizing our kids, Yeah, you know, those are powerful moments because they're they're solidified in my mind, yeah. you know, there's...
1: I, I totally agree with you. And I think one of the things that, that's solidified in my mind is just this, I, I just can't get it out of my mind, is just what God did from redeeming a physical building um, that was, I mean, it, 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 was broken, like, like it represented brokenness in the middle of our city right. and he allowed us to move into that space. And, and gradually actually he gave us the entire thing. And to me, that's such a picture of what God does in our lives. Come on. He restores, he redeems, he renews, he makes new, he, he brings dead things to life. Like it's such a picture of what he does that um, it, it's a visual, and right. I just can't help but always go back to it. As this will always be a part of our story, it set the it set the stage almost for the trajectory of our church yes. being one that goes into a, an area, a space, a city, and brings the hope of Jesus in a way that's transformative.
0: Come on, Kara, I, I couldn't agree with you any more somehow that story of being we're referring to journey at Newport Avenue which is where we were for Many 10 years. plus years yeah. and that was such a redemptive story yes. and it became our story we are a redemptive church we take people from where they are yes. which you can come as you are before Absolutely. God but yet God does not Leave us there. Right. And now here we are 14 years later. We're continually seeing that magnified. Yes. Or multiplied. You know, we're seeing it on a greater scale. And I think what it's done for you and me is given us a greater hunger. Yes. We want more. We won't stop. We're not going to give up. We're not going to shrink back. This is no time to get comfortable because, you know, our church is definitely grown a lot. Our attendance is at an all-time high. Yeah. We're seeing transformed lives like never before. We could easily kind of just settle.
1: Yeah, but I just have this strong conviction, like like call it an Esther spirit or, or something mm. that's like, for such a time as this, Come on, let's like go. that's how I feel about our lives. Yes, like yes. I'm not here to play games.
0: Right, right. And,
1: uh, you know, I don't think you are either. No. Like God has put us on a mission in, in, in Central Oregon. This is a mission field and and we're here to do His work.
0: Yes, So let me flip the script on that question. Is there a memory for you that stands out? Uh, I I just kind of just rapid fire said some weird ones, but is there something that stands out to you
1: Mm.
0: while you think I'll I'll, I'll reflect on something I was just telling our communications director how important it is to uh, include words like church in literature because our first Easter I put in the newspaper, yes, folks, that's when newspapers were still uh, a relevant thing. You know, everybody got them to the doorstep. And I, I put that we were having an Easter egg hunt at Bend High School, such and such time, Easter morning. Did not include that we were a church. And people came pissed. Uh, That was a bit. I mean, parents were mad. They stormed out and took their kids. They didn't stay.
1: And that was, I think, our first year of being a church. Oh,
0: Kara, it was our first few months. Yeah, that's true. We were a couple months old. (laughs) I thought this would be the end. I remember before I went up to preach, I was like, this is the end. This is our last Sunday. This is it. We're going to collapse. You know, people did stay. And in fact, some of the parents stayed with their kids through the service that they got to hear the gospel. They got to hear the resurrection story of Jesus. But I just remember thinking, Oh no, what did I do? Right. And and how marketing is important. We don't want to deceive people. Yeah. Um, but when it does backfire, it creates a memorable moment.
1: Yeah, you know, I would say this is really recent. So the, the memories that are coming to my mind are literally just recent. Yes. We have so many, and we've actually, you know, we've reminisced on here quite a bit. For some of our first few podcasts were the story of Tell journey, the story, yes. yeah. Um, and um, the the ones that I'm that's coming to my mind now is like even in the last week,
0: mm-hmm. we could
1: transition into um, we hosted the if gathering. Um, before the birthday so that weekend which was just last weekend uh if you're listening you know now <laughs> um uh it was a it was a huge weekend for journey so it was the if gathering and then our birthday our 14th birthday and the if gathering um gathering was really powerful this last mm. weekend it was uh, i i've you know, explain to you a little bit about the, um, the call essentially that if, if any of you the listening are familiar with the if gathering and Jenny Allen, she is just, she's calling up a generation, uh, to actually take God at his word mm-hmm. and, and also now, uh, uniting the, the global church is what she's trying to do into 2025, which we can touch on in a minute. But, um, she, what she did it through the, throughout this if gathering is she actually called people into uh, a, a time of um of breaking strongholds of confession it, it, essentially we're sitting around tables right and and she says hey get together with two or three people around your table and literally confess your deepest darkest sin because there's freedom in confession not only that she talked about the science of the brain which is where you're actually confessing something to someone else who has empathy and that, um, in that somehow, in that confession, in the empathy of the other person, the shame is just gone. Mm. And so, what a cool yes, uh, picture of we're better together. We need each other. We're made for community. Um, but she's she she called the entire you know however many people were involved if gathering in our local community, all of us to confess. Uh, to each other. And to me, that is a picture of the beginning of people breaking strongholds mm. uh, that will set them free.
0: So let's talk about that for a moment, because it's, it's one thing for someone to say that from a microphone. And then there, there's two things that go through my mind, Kara. Number one is leadership. Yeah. It freaks people out because how are they going to respond yeah. Are people going to be intimidated? Are they going to actually do this? I know a few leaders that were actually at that gathering as she's explaining this yeah. were almost like, um, I don't want to say terrified. That might be too great of a mm-hmm. word, but nervous would be fair mm-hmm. to say, hey, how will people respond mm-hmm. when you're asking them to get relentlessly real? Yeah. It, because the reality is people have done that before and it's backfired. They do get judged. They do get shamed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so grateful that, the outcome of that story was extremely positive. Mm-hmm. So that's one side. The second side of this is I want to just lean in with you, what you're talking about, Jenny Allen and the if gathering that care, we have this in and like this s- deep hunger and thirst right now for more, you know, you might go to the Beatitudes and take Jesus promise. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake for the they, they shall be satisfied. We have that right now. Yes. And we're, we're looking across and, the board. Yes. And we're looking and longing for others like this. And right now, you know, they're, if we could just even take a rabbit trail for a second, there are some critics of Jenny Allen and if gatherings that, Oh, they've gotten political or a few years ago uh, during black lives matter. And uh, that we live in such a cancel culture. Mm -hmm. People are unwilling to hear hearts of people. They're unwilling to give grace to people. They're unwilling to uh, understand what's happening. So we live in a cancel culture, but yet now we have this movement of vision and leadership proclaiming let's go to deeper places. Yes. And I've been just begging God for revival. Yes. And the the precursor to revival is what you just explained yeah it's repentance yeah it's a repentant heart it's actually acknowledging the reason we don't have revival is we've been selfish we've been in well, sin we've yeah we've held back giving god everything
1: yeah i would say we've we we are even taking it a step further is we are we have and i can just speak for our area is what I see and what I almost, you know, could say I lived in until I was set free is we live in this oppression that almost we create of of our own. That's like you hide... You hide things yes. that need to come to light, and and I feel like we just, she kind of ushered us into, and, and I also think that because Journey has created a safe space for women, they actually did it.
0: Praise if God. If they were
1: at a place that did not feel as safe, I don't think it would have been as successful. Yes. But, um, but, but the two of them combined created this situation where we're actual... Uh, actually, women were confessing things to each other, and there was freedom in it. I heard stories about it, Let's go. Um, and th- that women were not afraid to actually confess these things, which is awesome. Amen. Because there's there's freedom in it. So, well,
0: when you know it's a safe space trust is that trust equity is built so much quicker. It's not going to take weeks, months, or even years to develop. It's actually going to be within minutes. And this happens all the time in the context of small groups, Bible studies, and so forth, where we're terrified to share something. But the moment you express it, someone else says oh you too yeah me too mm-hmm. i mean the reason i haven't shared is i thought i was alone i mm-hmm. thought my marriage was the only one yeah. going through this i thought my private life i thought i was the only one going through those things and and somehow what the enemy was trying to hold back through isolation shame or whatever the case might be a fear of the unknown yeah when you get it out other people are set free as yes, well
1: absolutely
0: it's awesome i just this week i had lunch with a friend. We've talked about it, Justin, who um, who's been liberated and using the word. That he would use delivered. And here we talked about how so many Christians give their lives to Jesus yet still live in that oppression you just talked about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so many. And and some give up on the church because of that, some give up on their marriages because of that. Mm-hmm. But you 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 know Jesus forgives sins, you know the hope of heaven, yet still either stuck in sin, having strongholds, and sometimes people can't even articulate it. Yeah. And that's when you still need to confess it, is to get that out. That when you confess. What's going on? You're giving an opportunity for God to work in that yes, space. Absolutely, there's it's Something very powerful happens through confession. Yeah. It's a mandate of scripture. James talks about it. John talks about it. I mean, one of the most common scriptures is if you confess your sins, he's faithful yeah. and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Yeah. That, I
1: think the church has just, you know, over the years, just speaking about the, the church, capital C at large, is just... Because we're people, it's made of people, you know, like I I think people have experienced um, really negative things in the context of, of confessing things or of Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but in, in, in a place that's safe and um, there's just such freedom in it. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's go there too, because I, I know speaking as a pastor, so many pastors in America have fallen to really gross, grave sins. So many. Yeah. I mean, people you would least expect, you find out they've had a secret life or sins that they did earlier or whatever the case might be. And this, that spectrum is all over the bo- place. But you think about pastors, who, who are they going to confess their sins to Yeah. if the church finds out? I'm going to lose my job. We haven't fostered no. a, a place of of really what the Bible teaches us: a yes. community of grace, yes. a community of uh, redemption or restoration. Right? I mean, we, we should be in the restoration business. Yes, we are. Uh, we ex- w- we experienced recently someone who, who uh, struggled with uh, sin or had some failure, and uh, and then all of a sudden the condemnation from Christians. Yes. Without even. Desiring, praying, seeking restoration, judgment, condemnation, you know, the yeah. shame comes instead of what could and should take place. Yeah. It's it's the frustrating part of, of you know, this this is confessions of a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and it is that ugly side that sometimes drains you, sucks the life out of you. And you know, you told me not to engage with that person that was critical. Yeah. I said oh, only no. out
1: of experience.
0: Exactly. But I my defensive was like, well, hey. I want to walk him through what grace is, uh, how to restore somebody. You know, I want to walk him through and let him know that the church actually doesn't overlook sin. We call people to repentance. Right. Like what Jesus used to do. He'd liberate someone and say, go
1: and sin no more. Yeah, exactly. Totally. But you engaged with him, and it it oh, went it south backfired. real fast. <laughs> yeah,
0: I blocked him on my phone. <laughs> yeah, uh, because I wasn't engaged in a place where someone's uh, just going to judge and be critical. Yeah. Y- you can that's see someone's the, heart. That's
1: not the heart of Jesus. No. So it,
0: yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna argue somebody into the kingdom. No. I'm not gonna just debate them, and they're gonna be like, "Wow, I see no. your point." I'm gonna woo you over. If you don't have an open mind and an open heart you can't receive from god and when you are open to receive from god man does god meet you in that place
1: absolutely Uh, yeah so let's transition maybe to the birthday right okay Okay. so uh, last sunday was our 14th birthday um we had a special day we had um, baptisms
0: ryan ellis ryan
1: ellis which was awesome our daughter
0: wrote me this morning she's like dad I just figured out who Ryan Ellis is. I was listening to a Playlist, and I had a favorite song, and I looked at who it was, and it's Ryan Ellis. Oh, that's
1: so funny. And she's
0: like, please, please, please bring him back so uh, I can see him.
1: She's in England. Uh, Germany she, now. Yeah, right? Actually, that's true. She's doing a little mission Landed in Germany. Landed in Germany today.
0: She'll be there for a few weeks, too. A mission with her team.
1: Yeah, but I would also say on Sunday, uh, uh, aside from the hype and the the fun, you know, the fun of it, I think you also brought just a really powerful message. Mm. Uh, it was a, it was actually like a war cry or a mm. call to. Um, to, to be saints and soldiers which was yes. really cool i thought it was awesome like oh, we had some gear that supported it you yes. know saint and soldier gear that was uh you know that that people bought because they believe in the vision of the yeah. church and um i just thought it was a really powerful war cry to to christians to or to you know to the church um that this is war and and it's time to be who god says that we are yes. and to armor up the way he says that we fight our battles. Amen. And when we do that, that's when we see restoration. Right.
0: I, just to go back in time last 2023, when we were praying about what would be our theme and focus for 2024, we came up with this theme together. I mean, it was really like looking at where is the church right now. And if there was ever a time that the church needs to rise up and go out like if there was ever a time that we need to experience god unlike anything the church has experienced now is the time as you called it that Esther spirit like now is the time for us to confront evil now is the time for us to 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 lay a stake in the ground and say no this is what truth is now is the time to take back the ground that that the enemy has, has taken so we came up with that phrase equip the saints and unleash the army this idea of making disciples that make disciples yes. and taking the biblical narrative of warfare language yes. from the beginning to the end from genesis all the way to the revelation we see this this common theme of war and what's interesting is if you ignore that it's happening regardless right like i I know this week they cut a snippet out uh, for a YouTube or social media short where I just said something along the lines of, this is war. Mm -hmm. You are at war and it's a spiritual war, whether you know it or not. And I had just on YouTube numerous negative comments. Like, oh, really? It, one guy was like, oh, this guy's an idiot and that's not true and, oh. you know, because, you know, it's just there for the whole world to see how yeah. many billion people use YouTube. And there's no YouTube.
1: context with it. I mean, it was like the really short well, with no context. But listen, I, it gives me insight, Kara, to
0: really how people do see it. If yeah. you don't, if you don't wake up Believing you're in spiritual war,
1: you're going to get you're already
0: being beat down by the devil, and you don't even know it.
1: I agree with you. And this, for us, on a personal level, was birthed out of one of the hardest seasons, maybe the hardest season of our entire life, because we did not operate like that. We, I feel like, we got pummeled, and um, and we learned that we need to fight differently. Yes,
0: and it's not because we didn't know of spiritual warfare; we just didn't have the tools and a greater knowledge like there's so much more to know yeah. Like you, you have to continue to grow in your knowledge of scripture you have to grow yes. in, in, in in your knowledge of the natural world and the spiritual world mm-hmm. and and both are real and they're operating in the current context at the same time yes and a lot of times we're ignorant to the spiritual world not realizing that it's, it's even more real than the natural yes i mean it it, it exists and a lot of people they, it, it, it either weirds people out mm-hmm. because of ignorance. They've uh, they've allowed Hollywood to influence a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I was mentioning a moment ago about Justin and uh, deliverance and how you can be a Christian for so long and, and know Jesus forgives you, yet still have hidden areas of your heart that you haven't been delivered of. And we got in this conversations about how Hollywood has had a greater influence on the demonic than the church has. You know, Hollywood, they do all these Movies yeah. about exorcism—they're telling the world what exorcism is about, meaning freedom from demons, and yet it's false. They're telling a false narrative, yeah. and people are entertained by this. They get creeped out. They get you know they get the, this dopamine rush when they watch these horror films that Hollywood paints about demons, and it's it's a false perspective. Mm-hmm. The scriptures teach us we have all authority over the demonic world mm-hmm. in Jesus in in Christ. Right. We have all authority. And it's not scary. And yeah. I would say a few years ago, we didn't even have that concept to take ground, to, right. to take back what the enemy's taken, whether it's in our personal lives, in our church, in the city, in our nation, or around the world. Yeah. And now we've got this mission that that was my focus for the sermon. We took a detour from Ephesians, which... Ephesians is all about equipping the saints yeah. and all about soldiers rising up. And so it's not that we took a detour per se, but you that was the of focus. You kind of skipped ahead a little bit. Yeah. And my, my heart's cried because we're seeing transformation at Journey right now. We had 37 baptisms Sunday. Four weeks ago, we had 32 baptisms. That's 69 baptisms in a a period of about a month. We are witnessing transformation Mm -hmm. unlike anything we've seen before. People being liberated, testimony time. Uh, One family in our church, they've been a part of our church for years. He gives up marijuana and goes to nicotine just to... You know for comfort and is stuck on nicotine doesn't think he can get released of it and now he's completely been delivered of nicotine mm-hmm. come on amen this is transformation yes. and this is like across the board yes we are seeing people who said they would never go to church not yes. only come to church yes but get saved right and so my heart's desire care was to say let's go yeah more come on like let's not stop and i want the church as a whole I don't want just the co-pastors. I don't want us as lead pastors to be like, this this is what we're calling the church. I want everybody in their private sphere, in their marketplace work. I want them in their schools and medical facilities. If we take this serious, yeah.
1: Well, I had a conversation on. I, I, it's, I think it's happening. Like, mm. I, I, really do. I, I think the enemy does like to come in and take take something, uh, truth, and pervert it, and mm-hmm. and turn it. And yeah. he has done that, especially with that word "more" at our church, right? The more initiative, and and yeah, I, people I think, thought
0: I wanted more money, just yeah, to clarify. People
1: misunderstood. It. Even not only just that, people misunderstood that we were going after more. Come on. I, I think it was confusing to them, but. Um, But I will say, though, that that across the board, I have talked with more people, Mm. uh, specifically women, I would say, because I'm a woman and, you know, um, but like one gal I talked with on uh, at the gathering. On Saturday, the day before Sunday, she was so excited because she was going to get baptized on mm, Sunday. Come on. And she said that she literally has been reading, um, she's been doing our Bible reading plan, and she said it, it's, it's created this insatiable hunger for God's word. So she's now reading, she's in scripture every day. She even said, because it's a five day plan, God. she's like, I, I still have to get in my Bible those the Amen. sixth day and the seventh Amen. day because Let's I go. can't get enough. Yes. So she's now just devouring scripture. Yes. She's, she, she moves to the step of baptism. She did, she got baptized on Sunday with the biggest smile on her face. Like she just was like, so excited to be there wow. to get baptized. So I say that to say I, it is happening in our church.
0: There, I, I, every baptism story this week, I mean, these these stories are freaking amazing, amazing. And they're all across the spectrum because we have people who are literally getting saved and the same day they get saved, very New Testament, like Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, getting baptized within minutes of getting saved. Yeah. That is so cool.
1: There's an example on Sunday of that.
0: Yeah. We had several of those. One guy's name was Leonard who came and he raised his hand and followed Jesus, came up and got baptized. Another guy, his name was Joaquin. First time ever Mm -hmm. at Journey. Raised his hand. Really wanted me to see his hand. He was in the very back corner waving it. Funny story. When Mm. he got baptized, he wasn't planning on getting baptized. He was wearing waterproof (laughs) pants. Like you would get like an REI or one of those places. So he kept floating in the water, like water wouldn't penetrate. So like his butt was coming up. So I'm like (laughs) holding his legs down with one, my my right arm and taking my left arm and grabbing his you know shirt and dunking him. And, uh, but same day saved and baptized. Like that is like incredible. Now we take the steps of discipleship to go to the next level. There were also people though, who had believed in Jesus for years. Yes. And just not taking that step of obedience. And I think releasing that, like just oh, saying, I'm absolutely. taking a step. That's all it takes, one step at a time. And you look back and say, look how far I've come. Yeah. And to me, that's what God's doing at Journey Church right now, is we're, we're seeing a movement of disciples making disciples. And we're seeing, it's not just the women, but we're seeing men. We saw fathers, husbands. Yeah. Sometimes I would look them in the eyes and just speak into them as a man. Yeah. I would say, this is going to change your family. You made yeah. a good decision today, you need to keep making good decisions. Awesome. Be a good yeah, husband, I be a it. father, you yeah. know, just one decision at a time. It's awesome to talk about that liberation from strongholds. Uh, one of the last ones we did at the nine o'clock service, we had 24 baptisms at service. The last one we did was Eva and she uh, wanted to get baptized. It, it was really her second time getting baptized because her first baptism was in the Mormon church, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. And she did it out of the pressure of being in a... A romantic relationship with someone mm-hmm. and yet when she did it they gave her a certificate it wasn't a certificate it was really a contract mm-hmm. and Kara the language in these contracts it's creepy mm. it's both beautiful because it's like a call to like mm-hmm. um Seriousness of your faith and yeah. submission to authority. So, I mean, some some of it is beautiful, but then there's weird stuff too, like taking ancient tribes found in the Old Testament and then uh, connecting it to church leadership in the Mormon Church. It was it was kind of weird, mm. to be honest. And yeah. the, the language they use and and she still had that stored somewhere. Well, she had a dream, and this is an actual dream she had, where she got baptized at Journey, and I ripped up that contract. Yeah. And she wasn't sure what to do with that dream. Well, I told her, I think we should do that. I think God's given you a vision that you need to get baptized for Jesus, not for anyone else. And I will rip that up. And I did. Yeah. I've never done anything like that before. I mean, that That would be one of those moments in history. We look back and say, and I believe, and I just, I pray this. I don't, I don't know. God is sovereign and good and perfect in every way. But Eva's had so many health problems and and issues that Mm. she's just, she's got such a pure heart right now, just wanting to be right. But I think she just made one step closer towards the full life of experiencing Jesus in every area, which is absolutely awesome. I
1: totally agree. And I think what I, what I just am so excited about and I'm seeing, um, in, in journey church right now is I just see this, um, huge army of people yes. that um, have faith rising up uh, to something that I have never seen before. Come on. Like it's it's a um, it, it's a raising of the tide of faith uh, corporately mm. that is pretty awesome. Like I don't know what God's going to do with it, but that's what I see.
0: So a week before our birthday, so our birthday celebration, whenever you're listening to this, was February 25th. So if you go on YouTube or you want to find that message or service, that was February 25th. The week before was February seventeenth. I think it was no eighteenth. Eighteenth, I February think. February eighteenth. Mm-hmm. And at Pursuit Night, we for the first time ever did open mic oh, testimonies. That's right. Yeah. Because it was the end of our forty days of prayer and fasting. Now that's a huge risk yeah. to open up a mic to so many people because yes. you don't know what they're gonna say. I did try to give some, you know, parameters yeah. of what you can say or not say, keep it short, etc. But I, I will just testify to what we're talking about. Some of those testimonies, I think, they were all over the place—from yeah. physical healing mm-hmm. to uh, financial miracles—and yes. we're witnessing people take steps of faith in their finances and trusting yes. God. And the Lord says to test him in this in the book of Malachi. We cannot ignore this. It's a mandate of scripture. Test me in this. And just see. Right. If I open the floodgates of heaven. Just watch me do this, you know. And we have people doing that. Yes, we do. From a single mom that testified. Actually, two single moms, I suppose. I mean, just wild crazy stories of faith. Uh, We had a story of faith this weekend where one guy had this tremendous fear of of money for some reason. He just couldn't be generous. He just had a fear of always not having money. It's not that he didn't have money, but had this fear of money. He came up and asked for prayer, comes back and testifies that he wants to be more generous than he's ever yeah. been before, and writes personal checks. I don't know yeah. if those checks are to cash people in the church. To people in the church, I yeah. mean, just it's awesome. like this is wild. Yeah. Like, yeah, I
1: believe one of them was one of the one of our you know refugees from Ukraine. It's awesome
0: because this is what they did in the early yes, church. Yeah, they and, took
1: care of each other. Yes,
0: uh, you read in Acts two. You read in Acts four. You you read that they they got together. They had meals. They sang songs. They there was teaching and. It's not that the church was perfect, but we do see this. We get to see the fruit or the manifestation of what God wants for the church when we put it into action.
1: Absolutely. I I 100% agree. It does remind me, though, um, of, you know, that weekend and actually that night, that pursuit night when we did those testimonies an hour beforehand. I had a really interesting interaction Mm. with a a man that um, was probably the closest like. Interaction, I think I could, I could say that I've ever had with maybe a demon or somebody that was mm-hmm. demonically, um, mm-hmm.
0: demonized. Yeah. Whatever yes. the
1: language is, it was the most odd and interesting conversation I'd yes. ever had. Yes. He eventually, you eventually ended up escorting him out of the church because he was not, um, he shouldn't have been there. No,
0: we, we at this location, And you know, as you asked me the opening question today, you know, what's what's the memory? And all I could remember is like some of the weird ones. Uh, But we at this location have had more demonic distractions than ever before. Yes. This guy was clearly uh, influenced by demons. He wasn't mentally ill. He wasn't on drugs. It was, it was black and white. Demonic.
1: And one of the first things he told me, like he, and he couldn't even tell me why, he just said, I'm I just pulled, I'm pulled here. Something's pulling me to this place. And yet he couldn't go what into was your the, response. This. I, I was like, well, it must be Jesus you Come know, we on. Got on the wall close to where I am. It's all about Jesus. I was like, it's Jesus. And he adamantly said, no, it's not. Mm. He was anti Jesus. Um, it, it, I had never seen somebody that anti Jesus that was in my face that mm-hmm. just wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't back down. And I kept telling him like, we can ad- agree to disagree here, but, but, but you're welcome to stay and, and experience Jesus, you know, and that just, it just well, really he, set him off. He
0: wasn't getting the social cues with you. You were being very kind. And as it went on, you were getting clear because you were behind a table for a women's ministry event and you continued to tell him, this table's for women. And, you know, could you, would you mind actually just at least going in the church so women could come? You were very kind and polite to him. He wasn't getting the cue. So I came over and said, Hey, uh, and I touched his, uh, right arm and he's like, don't touch me.
1: Yeah, he was, was like, angry.
0: Yeah, and I just, I just was that as blunt as I just told you. I just said, "Hey, you're clearly not getting the cues. She's asked you to move on. It's yeah. time to move on." Yeah. You know. And he looked. He's like, "I'm leaving right now." And I said, "Well, yeah. I'll escort you out then." Yeah. I said, "You're welcome to stay here if you're not going to be disruptive." And he wanted to leave. He was on a mission. Yeah. I mean, and, and I
1: didn't see him this last weekend. I, I was, you know, wondering if he would come back, but thankfully he didn't. But to me, it's just a picture of like, uh, once again, we're yes. always at war. Yes. We, we have to be armored up. We have to be prepared, um, and to, so, yeah. So let, let's just
0: talk for our listeners for a second. If that weirds anybody out or why didn't I cast out the demon out of this guy or what, what's going on there? Because it, it, just to process across the board, if this guy was interested in healing or help or hope, yes. I would have walked him through, of releasing those demons. Uh, I would have cast those demons out. We would have done a deliverance right there. Yes. I, I've been doing this more and more and trusting God, being aware of it. This guy was on a mission to be disruptive. Yes. So I wasn't, you know, if I had to take authority over the demons, I would have, which is really kind of what we did. We just said, you're not welcome here if you're just going to be disruptive. If you're, if you're not going to... Um, uh, adhere to even, you know, (laughs) some of the basic things you were telling him, Hey, you're, you're at the wrong place right now at a women's table, trying to (laughs) engage with a woman like this is, this is not the time nor the place. So that's why we didn't do it at that time. But to me, it shows that we are a threat to the enemy. Yeah, I agree. that he has to frequently almost every week. Yeah. And we've had people bring like speakers and blast inappropriate music and yes. cuss out our church, you know.
1: As they're walking 20 in. feet
0: away on a Sunday morning, you know. Yeah. We've had to call police. We've had to yeah. we have armed security now at, at our church at every major event that we do all because it's so Disruptive because the enemy hates what we're doing, and the cool thing is people are getting delivered. Though I mean, we have prayer meetings throughout the week that we're seeing people go from held back by strongholds, set free from from really deep, hurtful, awful—the torment. I would say that's a word that I keep thinking. That's what the devil does uh, through the demonic is is he torments us through voices in our heads, through false thoughts, through lies. Yes, and so any of those things that come—that's it's demonic. And yeah. some people don't know what to call it. That the psychology won't call it that, you know, people who want to avoid those scriptures don't call it that, but mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yeah, And, you know, I, I think of like, um, when we were down at Newport, as we talked about earlier, we had that stuff, Kara, but we weren't as equipped as we are now. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most extreme ones that I ever faced was a guy that was threatening my life. Yeah. And I didn't even tell you at the time the details because it was on social and all these things. And our in-house security was aware of this guy. They all had pictures of him if he came and he did show up Mm -hmm. and he did come in our buildings Mm -hmm. and he did come asking to see me Mm. in our building which was a huge mistake that he even made it that far, but they escorted him outside and they were engaging with him. And one of uh, the pastors that was there actually touched him. Like I touched Mm -hmm. that that guy on Sunday and he had the same reaction, anger, aggression. Don't touch me. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you need to leave. Uh, We called the police that day and he, he was gone before the police arrived and we actually, um, trespassed him off our property Mm -hmm. legally because he, he violently said he wanted to harm me mm. that same day he went to the house that he was renting yeah. and he had a roommate and he barricaded that roommate in and the swap team had to come and mm. uh the police and they he ends up getting arrested no one got hurt thankfully mm. but he ended up going to prison yeah. for like six years that's so wild I, yes I and mean, that's the kind of stuff that
1: that happens on a Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Like,
0: these are the kind of things that we have to be aware of.
1: Well, like you say, make no mistake about it. We are in a spiritual war. Yes. And there, I mean, that's, that's like a physical uh, example of the spiritual realm. Right. I think. Oh, it 100% is.
0: And we have to be aware. We don't have to be afraid. We have to be uh, equipped in the scriptures, yes. as our focus is right now. Yeah. And then we have to operate in them. We have yeah. to be unleashed in the authority of what God's given us in His Word, yeah. through the Holy Spirit. We have the authority of Jesus. We carry the name of God. You know, we're, we're children of God. So,
1: And it, I, would, I would just insert in here, I, I know that, like, sometimes th- this could come across as sounding like over the top or weird. Hyper-spiritual, hyper-spiritual. maybe? spiritual. I mean, it, it really, genuinely, it, it might, but uh, it, this season of our life and our church was really what I touched on earlier. It was really birthed out of a season of such um, uh, defeat mm-hmm. that we had experienced right not only defeat it, we, we literally wanted to run away from everything. And mm. that's what the enemy does. He makes you want to run. He right. makes you want to kill yourself. Right. He makes you think you're worthless. Right. Um, nothing you've done is good. Right. I mean, he, he's, he, he tried to take us out Amen. and through that season, like through our biggest, uh, pain is now being birthed a ministry that is, um, helping people to get set free in Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. Well,
0: our, our vision has always been hope for everyone and it's worked because everyone needs hope. The rich, the poor, the young, the old, it doesn't matter who you are. You're married, you're divorced, you're widowed, you're single. Everyone needs hope. And that message has resonated over the years. Thousands of people have been saved. Thousands have been baptized. We've witnessed such great stories. But the problem is in the middle of that, we were being beat down yes. while we're providing hope for everyone. Yes. We, we were wondering where's the hope for us, Yes. 100%. you know, and articulating that privately. I mean, we we've been able to look back now and it's like, we were just empty and drained and we had to just be reset kind of like a computer that's running slowly. You know, we had to come back to the Lord, yeah. come back to the truths of scripture, get in a rhythm of prayer together more frequently, yeah. the, the intimacy, that was just a word that I believe God answered a prayer that if you don't have intimacy, you, you can't be vulnerable and real and move yeah. past things. And I
1: also think in that season, we, we invited our kids in. Come on. So our whole family our got whole to family, experience more. Yes, that's correct. Yes, And I think we're seeing the fruit of that now Amen. where our kids are actually really engaged. Uh, in fact, our son is, you know, using his gifts in the production area at mm-hmm. the church and I'm so thankful for it. And the the reason I,
0: I bring that up about hope for everyone is that didn't change. We still have that. But yes. it's, it's with a greater clarity and it's, it's with a greater sincerity that we've been through this too. Yeah. So we knew we had the truth before, but then when we were burnt out, it's like I didn't stop preaching that, and people were still getting saved, yeah. and lives were still changing. But when we experience hope, now I would just say, like when we talk about like what we experienced last week at church, with so many people getting saved, so many people getting baptized, so many people getting delivered, what we saw with the women at that if gather- gathering being set free from their strongholds, I really believe this, and I, I will just say it until it happens because I, I almost am embarrassed or um apologetic but i'm not i shouldn't be we're on the precipice of revival yeah and we are we are seeing that journey. We've we've said that for years because it's been like these rumblings, but we're actually mm-hmm. we're so much more close than we've ever mm-hmm. been before. Yeah, so much so that I'm always just hungry. Like I want to find out our other churches experiencing this. Yeah, and I've asked people. I asked someone who's in the church consultant business who coaches churches all across the country. I asked him, "Are you seeing this? Are mm-hmm. you feeling this?" And his answer was disappointing because he's like. Mm. Yeah, in in some churches, but he says in a lot of churches, no. And I was like, what? Like, I I, I want this to be in every church uh, because we do know churches that are experiencing this too. Oh yeah, and that gather twenty five. You said we were going to come yeah. back to that. It's, it's a call to action for the global church, yes. not the American church, not an affinity, like literally the global church around the world yeah. to gather and pray yeah. and worship and seek God's face together. Yes. It's going to be for 25 hours in the yeah. year 2025. Right? It's going to be on March 1st. I think you can go to gather 25.com or org or you could Google it and find it, but it's really a call to action. Yeah. Of course, there'll be people who this is outside of their tribe, their people who will criticize this. But when you get a, you get side by side with people on fire. Yeah it's a fuel to your fire. Yeah,
1: absolutely. The the
0: little fire that's in your heart only grows more when you're around other people like that. And we got to gather around people like that friends. Like if you're only around critics, which is part of what happened, you know, out of the pandemic for me, I was just Mm. around a lot of critics. Yeah. And instead of like, Sharpening me, mm-hmm. iron sharpens the iron. It was like you know, bringing me down. It was yeah. like it was like taking a Jenga block. It was like, when is this thing going to collapse? You yeah. know, one block at a time. Mm. But we need to be around people. The Bible says, build one another Absolutely. up, exhort one another, yeah. encourage one another. I mean, there's 59 one another's in the New Testament. Yeah. We need to we need to be like a fire. Yeah. That that amen that that if we feel one another. Yeah. Like, what is that? Second Timothy one. You remember. You had to lay in hand, fan that flame, f- fan that gift, Paul says to Timothy. Yeah. You know, don't, don't let that go out.
1: Well, and I love that we're doing pursuit nights because I feel like that's actually a, a cool place to, to f- fan the flame uh, in other people and, yes. and to sharpen each other and to allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do Amen. in the body. I mean, even recently, Uh, I guess that was the the night that we had the testimonies Mm -hmm. a week ago. You know, we had a young, really young gal came and give us a a word that the Lord had given to her that she hadn't told us, but Mm -hmm. um, she felt like she was, we didn't know her from anybody. She felt like she was being disobedient uh, by not telling us. So she come and she came and told us and Mm -hmm. we were like, are you kidding me? Like that's straight from the Lord because we've been wrestling with this now
0: for months and even years. But lately the last few months we've been really, really seeking. This out, and we should just say it for the sake of recording to see what God will do later with this. But it's a school of ministry, it's taking young people who are in transition coming out of high school, they may not be immersed in careers yet, and saying, Let's equip them, yeah, let's let, let's allow the church to influence them, much like what our daughter's doing this past year in England at Cape and Ray, which has been we we called it going into it, we called it a gap year,
1: yeah, but right. really this it was so much year. more,
0: it was equipping, yeah. Uh, she got uh she got uh equipped and set free to uh use her gifts you know and i
1: would also add there's a flip side of that coin too that i feel like is really important that um not only would it be equipping um young, y- people. young people it it also is inviting young adults into the church to actually use their gifts Let's go. and to, um, to allow them to be a part of the story. Um, so I think actually it's, it's equal parts, um, being e- engaging young adults yes. and equipping young adults. It's both.
0: So we've been dreaming lately about what that looks like. And there's so many factors that have been impressed upon us to, to want to do some type of school of ministry at Journey Church in Bend, Oregon, because we see students who are here who love our church, but then they're, they're maybe not going to university. They're not sure what they're going to do yet. And so they do something similar somewhere, somewhere else. else yeah. And we think, why not here yeah. where now you can even use what you you know, are learning and, and developing for the church and the church can see it and be a part of it. And yeah, I mean, I
1: mean we already engage a ton of young adults oh, in, in a lot it's of what awesome. we do. I think it, it would just be a more, um, organized, you know, Absolutely. method.
0: And that's what I want to do. Yeah. Organize in a way that we commission people. We seek calling in them. Yes. We see gifting and, uh, we raise them up in that, yes. maybe even into vocational ministry, whether yes. that's a journey yes, or, or sending them out potentially into the missions field yeah. around the world. I mean, this is where it gets me excited at journey to start think about like, how do we reach the nations of the world? Yeah. Well, let's equip young people and mm-hmm. send them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we plant more churches? Let's equip young people yeah. and send them out. I mean,
1: you've been speaking that right forward uh, prophesying that forward um, in our community. Like we need to plant more churches. Yes. I mean we planted Journey Redmond in twenty twenty. It's thriving.
0: Let's let's um, multiply that. Yeah. Not let's see that over more. and let's over. Do many more. God's
1: math is multiplication. Come on. Let's allow him to multiply through us, whatever yes. that looks like.
0: Amen, I, and it's, it's a proof and point that when you uh, release or you uh, let go, that God actually does multiply. The longer you hold on to something, oh, I could not agree more. I couldn't agree I mean, more. It, I mean,
1: you know, Journey Redmond is what fifteen, twenty minutes away from us. Yes, uh, we easily could have said, no, we're just gonna, you know, keep building our own little empire here. Right. But that's not God's heart, right?
0: I remember at the time when we did that, we were probably around a thousand people at journey and we looked and said, man, there's probably close to 400 people Redmond or North, yeah. you know, in that, that region. And we said, that's a church, you know, yeah. 200 families. That's a church. Most churches don't even get to 200, like let's go. And now they're over a thousand. Yeah. So, I mean, now you look at that and say, here, the, if if we were to combine our numbers, we're a mega mega church yeah. between our numbers yeah, and, and Redmond's numbers. Yeah. And but you look and say, if we would have kept that, we would have been adding, but we would, would not, not have been multiplication. No, like, like we and did. God's
1: math is multiplication. Yes, for for all of the people that that went and and helped and and is now part of that thriving God. body. God has more than multiplied in mm. our uh community Amen. and it, even if he hadn't, have, you know, like he, it's just it's the heart of God to go to the nations to go yes. out it's not to just it's we are not a holy huddle.
0: So to come back to this word that we received from a young woman who doesn't know us who just said it, so she was so cute and so polite, and she was meeting us, and she was like, I, I feel weird even saying this, because I got this a few weeks ago, but I feel like I just need to say this. And I don't know what it's going to mean to you guys. But And she just said those three words, and she just said, school of ministry. Yeah. And we just looked like, at each other and smiled and said, right. oh, God, you know, like, this is so funny. Because we been we wrestle with this all the time. These are our late night talks, you yeah. know, sitting on the couch in front of the fire. Say, what that yeah. look like? Because... Right now, that dream is so big; it's way bigger than us. Yeah, it's like, all right, what one step do you take towards the dream? Yeah, where do you start? Right. Where, where do you go? Because as we look, is it going to be accredited? Is it not going to be? Are, yeah. are you, how big? How are we going to scale this thing? What's it going to look? What's the focus? Yeah. You know, what's the outcome that we want for a student? Like, this is so big. All that it's the like, things. It'd be easier to suppress this, ignore it, and say, we can't do this. In fact, we had this dream five or so years ago, and that's exactly what we did. The excuse was mm. from someone else, mm. more of a critic, was, no, we're not ready mm. for that.
1: Who's no longer on staff.
0: Yeah, who's no longer on staff. We just didn't align with where we were and where we're going. But at the end of the day, when uh, you, you're held back and you're criticized, if you listen to that, mm. you'll never accomplish yeah. God-sized dreams. yeah you'll never accomplish it. And, and the truth is like, there are times like, what was it? <laughs> oh, I've been reflecting lately on an Easter service. I did six or seven years ago where I just thought I had this genius idea of, um, <laughs> of a song, a teaching moment, a song, teaching moment, a mm-hmm. song, a teaching moment. And there was like four or five different, you know, songs with four or five different teaching moments and people hated it. I mean, people came to church for the first time and they felt it was reminiscent of like a Catholic church up and down, up and down. And other people thought it was way too much music that day. It was like, it was a terrible idea. Terrible. I've not done it since. I say all that to say this. I tried something I'd never done before yeah. and I failed. You right. failed forward at I'm least. not going to do it again, which <laughs> right. I learned, but I would rather have a life of no regrets of saying, I wish I would have been more creative. I wish I would have tried new things. I wish I would have reached more people. I wish
1: I would have unleashed more people. Come on.
0: Like now's the time. Like a few years ago during that burnout season, which y'all are getting to hear are just our dirty laundry of just how we were feeling. We both looked at each other in the mirror saying, oh, we're getting gray and we're getting wrinkles. (laughs) Like, what are we doing with our lives? You know, there was that reality of, and I actually think as we enter into the second season of life, if life is two seasons, which I guess that doesn't work in seasons, does it? Two stages (laughs) of life. If there's two stages of life, you know, there's zero to 45 and then there's 45 to 90. Yeah. I'm in the second stage. Yeah. And you just entered it, but I'm in the second stage. And if you look at the Bible, God often does more in ministry and experience. And not Mm. the Bible, church history. Mm. God does more in the second stage of life than the Mm. first because you've learned more. You've been through more experiences, more maturity. You've been through something, you know, and you can go do great things in your 20s and your 30s. You can. And if you're at that age, go do it. But the reality is you learn more life lessons that make you mature yeah. to make your roots go deeper so that you can go higher Absolutely. and wider uh, than in your earlier years. Yeah. And so I'm thrilled. I don't know what God's or how or when <laughs> right? God's going to do or fulfill that dream. Yeah. But that's just one more testimony of some of the, when we talk about precipice of revival, just seeing, hearing, experiencing, encountering, yeah. Uh, more of God in our lives yeah. through so many different avenues. Yes. I mean, every day in scripture, I mean, today was another example. Oh man. So, oh, yeah. Hebrews is so good. Yeah. You know, it's like Such just seeing God through scripture and being excited. Yeah. Seeing God through tangible answered prayer, you know, grabbing a prayer journal, looking back three weeks and say, where did God answer prayer the last yeah, three weeks? That's good. It's like, this is awesome. Yeah. He's doing it. Yeah. And, and God size answers. And I'm so excited. So friends, if you would join us, and praying for revival. And I believe mm-hmm. we will not see revival without some season. And I think it's a, maybe through the revival, some real serious season of repentance, mm-hmm. unlike anything the church has seen before. Mm. And I mean that for Journey Church, I mean that for the city of Ben. But I am praying there's an outpouring of the Spirit. Mm-hmm in all churches. I want it for the whole city of Bend. I, yeah. but I, I would love it if, if the state of Oregon got known for so much more than just yeah. l- liberal, liberal drug politics laws. Yeah. and, um, you know, liberal mo- morality, because we do, we have liberal abortion laws. We yeah. have liberal euthanasia laws. We have yeah. liberal drug laws. We, I mean, these are things that have impacted our culture here and it, it's only given the devil room for more real estate. Yes. And by the way, it's not working. People are hungry. They try those things. Yeah. They try marijuana frequently because we have pot shops all over our city Mm -hmm. and then they come to Journey Church and they recognize or they've been going. It's incredible how many Christians are frequently using marijuana. And the reality is it will not satisfy the deep longing in your soul that only Jesus can. And I love what God's doing and where he's taking us.
1: I do too. I'm thrilled. I really genuinely can say I wouldn't want to be doing anything else And I'm thankful for the season that Mm -hmm. we're in, and I'm thankful for you that you are, you know, stayed uh, faithful uh, with the call that God Mm -hmm. has had on your life, even though it's been hard. Thank you. Um, Yeah, to to (laughs) leading people can be hard, but I, I think you've you've stayed very faithful to the mission that God's called you to, and I think it's it's bearing fruit.
0: Well, I thank you too for being faithful in our marriage and faithful to this mission and saying yes in a season of life and not stopping because we know that God is using you now more than ever before. Mm. And there's like this holy expectation and eagerness because of what he started mm. that he's not done yeah he's going to complete it in you and through mm. you and and also I,
1: let me prophesy that to our kids too amen. i see that in our more
0: influence through our kids than yes. even through our yes. lives amen so if we're impacting thousands yes. we want them to impact tens, tens of, thousands of thousands or amen. hundreds of thousands yes. maybe even millions maybe that will be our grandchildren yeah but we're going to believe that generationally mm-hmm. we've started yes. something something new, new legacy and, and and i just am so grateful for that and and we just said the other day. I don't remember the context. I don't know if somebody else fell uh, immorally, infidelity, or something. But I, just, I looked at you and just was like, "Hey, just so you know, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not yesterday. A, yeah, I'm not a secret trans or dressing like a woman or sleeping around with anybody. Like
1: I'm like, oh, I'm not either. <laughs> yeah,
0: just just for the record. And we we know each other's business very clearly. Oh, I think it was because like. We use the find my phone on our phones or something. Oh,
1: that's what it was. And mine went off the radar for a while. Yeah.
0: Yours was off for a few weeks. And so I couldn't see where you were. And it's like, it was bothering me, but now (laughs) it's back on. And I'm like, I was just confessing to you. Like, listen, you could check mine anytime, which I I love the account. We, we kind of have a weird relationship. In what way? Well, a, a number of ways. I mean, okay. and I mean it, it's I,
1: confessions I, of our life.
0: I would not want it any other way. But really, like, we don't have a ton of friends well, because true. we're in ministry and we pastor people, and y'all, we're not asking for any friends. You are our friends. We love right. you. You yes, are our yes, friends. Yes. But what I'm just saying is the intimacy, well, we're in the people business. So we like to be alone. Yeah. We, we get, we both get fueled and filled up being alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to tell you, I'm an extrovert introvert. And you're like, no, you're not. You're an extrovert. But it's like, the truth is like, I like to be alone as much as you do. Uh, we're just weird in the sense of like, if, if someone's to put a gun to our head today and say, what's the hobby you do all the time? <laughs> what would you say?
1: Read the Bible. <laughs>
0: like we ain't got a lot these people. Right? It's like, it's Jesus. Like yeah. we're in the Jesus business. And I'm unashamed about that. Like we find things that fuel us up, like uh, going outdoors or things like that, but we're not outdoor enthusiasts. Yeah. You know, like I heard you talking to clients earlier and yeah. they're like, we're outdoor people and we yeah. do this and we do this. And it's like, people ask me that all the time. You want to yeah. go snowboarding? You want to go skiing? Do you want to go uh, cross country skiing, snowshoeing? Do you want to go do this? It's like, No, I don't. Yeah, I I, I just think
1: both of us could... I could speak for both of us and say that 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 is not what fuels us. I think what fuels us is making a difference. Yes, and and we've got no
0: guilt in that, no shame in that. We figure out what our rhythms are. And that's what I meant by we're just weird. And (laughs) I think we're tapping into that more and more. We're learning greater boundaries in our lives. We're learning to work together better. We're learning to communicate better after 20 years of marriage. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. But that's just... And I'd rather be weird and and healthy and strong Then look like you got your crap together. Right. And then you got all these secret sins yeah. and everything falls apart.
1: And, and I, that's, that is truth because that ha- we, we unfortunately see that over and over and over and over and, and over. And We're and not calling
0: one couple no. out or family. We see it over and, and over it's, and over. It's a
1: tragedy. Like it really is a tragedy because, um, which is another thing that I love about what you've created at journey is that it's, it's a, it is a community where you can be real mm. Um, Because if you don't start with being real, you'll never change. You you can't actually move into any type of health without acknowledging your brokenness. So I appreciate that about Journey.
0: Well, Kara, I cannot think of any place more real than the Bible. Right? I mean, these people are so screwed up. Even God calls the Israelites stiff-necked people. Yeah. But they made mistake after mistake. They did. Spiritually, emotionally, sexually, relationally. I mean, they just... We live in a broken society today. Yeah. But you read the Bible and you're like, oh, this is not new. Yeah. People serving false gods. This is not new. Right. You know, people wrecking uh, the the purity and the the beauty of God's uh, sexual intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, God created sex. It's not meant to be bad or evil or not talked about. But yet, the perverseness of what the devil does is he destroys it and yeah. makes it look like you could do whatever you want, whenever, with whomever, however. You know, yeah. and This is not new. Yeah. Uh, Addictions. Drunkenness. I mean, we just read about the Nazarites and yeah, the Book of Numbers. The Nazarite vow, right? It's like, there's a reason that in the Nazarite vow, God told, if you want to be set apart for His purpose, yeah. you're not going to get drunk. Yeah. And in fact, so much so with the Nazarites, which not meaning to go on a rabbit trail there, but like you don't, you can't even touch wine. Yeah. You, you can't touch juice. You can not just touch for a, a, period, a
1: period of time. No. Like a consecration period. It was It, wasn't. A it was a lifetime of that. It was okay. like,
0: yeah, you're born into this. Mm. You don't get grapes as a little kid. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. you're set apart. Mm-hmm. And it was unique. I don't know how many Nazarites there actually were. Samson, yeah, of course, yeah. was one, the most famous of the right. the Nazarites we know of. but uh, yeah, it's 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 an intriguing place. But my point being the dysfunction we see in today, yeah. which it feels like, and frankly, the people that say like the sky is falling, they're the ones that aren't looking with a sober lens back in history saying,
1: yeah, it's there's nothing been new under the <laughs> yeah, sun. Right.
0: I know politically it might not be where you want it to be. Or yeah. I know the morally the world might yeah. not be what you thought it was, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. But the reality is if we look at the decay in the world is not new. Yeah. Like this is, is real. I've, I've heard it said like when we talk about like, where the world is today, we're often looking at it through the lens of our eight-year-old self. Mm. So whatever age you were, at eight years old, mm. like, um, mm. how old was I? <laughs> you were eight. 85. I'm sorry. <laughs> what year? I was, what year? And 1985. Yeah. So 1985, I could say, Yeah, the world was so much better in the eighties. You know, like, Oh, we had Michael Jackson and uh, Reagan and uh, the world was better back then. It was just, everything was better, 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 better. better. But the reality is I'm looking through the lens of a time when I had no responsibility. I didn't pay taxes. I didn't have kids, you know? So I'm looking through the lens of when I was a kid, the world was a better place. Mm -hmm. Well, Hopefully every generation says that, you know, when I was a kid, because you're simply relating it to a time when you didn't have to do anything. Unless, of course, you had miserable, awful yeah, childhood trauma, childhood. which tragically we're seeing more and more and more and more. It's really wild. Mm. Uh, just wild. Okay, care, we got to wrap this up yes. soon. But just total rabbit trail. This means nothing. But you're talking about how wild the world is. Uh, I read an article. This happened in Portland. Uh, I, I shouldn't even say this, but just how dysfunctional this world is. Uh, there was a sleepover with girls and the dad took like um, uh, medication to, uh, you know, like Benadryl type thing, but it was prescription, mm-hmm. you know, crush it up and put it in the girls smoothies Why? And to get these girls to all like be Go knocked out.
1: It? Oh, my goodness.
0: But it didn't really work the way he wanted it to be, so they were all, like, woozy what? and everything. Yeah. One of the girls texts mom at, like, 1 a.m. By 3 a.m., all the parents came and picked up all the girls. Oh, my and goodness. And now he got arrested, and I just saw this in the news. Crazy. That's What's wrong with people? Right? I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. I know. Y'all are probably saying right now,
1: what in the world is Pastor Keith talking about? <laughs> well, okay, we do. I'm we just saying do, how messed up this world yeah, is. Yeah, and we just, we we see the worst of the worst. The, the ministry is such an interesting thing. Thing because we see the best of the best and we see the worst of the worst. Yes, and so I think it's it's out of that heart that's yes. like God's heart is redemption. It's restoration. Yes, it's bringing us back to how, who He created us to be. Uh, ultimately, it, it 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 will be a new heaven and a new earth, and all things will Come be made on. new. Great, hope, so Kara, right? So way, to, we way to bring to it that? around.
0: <laughs> way to make me not look so weird. Because I'm just, I guess, I'm just articulating it out loud. Like there, sometimes the very thing I'm saying, like, we shouldn't say the sky is falling. All you got to do is read some news articles. And I mean, I see that even in central Oregon where we live. And it's like, what the, you know, fill in the blank because like people are just messed up, but you yeah. read the Bible and be and like, they are too. People are messed right? up and we have a good God who is yeah. so patient with us. He's so kind towards us. All that we would lead towards repentance, the Bible yeah. says. I
1: mean, that actually, it reminds me of reading through recently was it the book of Leviticus. <laughs> oh,
0: that was a hard one. I, I would read through it and be like, oh, my, this is so tough. I would actually use oh my, my Bible and use it to help me read my physical Bible yeah. to stay focused, and then you'd be like, that was so good. <laughs> I'm like, what? What was
1: good? Well, okay. No, what I loved about it is that it was like, All the laws and all the um, atonement of sin, all the things that God had to institute all of it because he, because we, humanity is so depraved. Like Mm -hmm. we, if left to our own devices, we will kill each other. Like we are just that. Broken and we're born in that. It's true. And so it's it's like all of God creating all this this way essentially to even just enter the presence of God. They had to just all the atonement that had to happen with all the yeah. animals and things. To me, then you fast forward to then we were we were simultaneously reading, reading Hebrews. Hebrews right. You're like, okay, this puts Jesus in such perspective. There's a new that covenant. The, the new covenant covered is covered by a new blood. S- exactly. Like to okay, me, I'm okay, like, this okay. is incredible. Let's go, Because people. now we. know. No, the weight of Jesus is uh, is just wow. you know next level.
0: Well, you have a great way of articulating things, putting it in perspective, and I appreciate that. Just full circle. I remember one day when you were like, "Ah, oh, that's so good," and I'm like, "What was good?" And you brought it back to Jesus. And I was yeah. like, that's true, Kara. And I just stand in agreement. And for anyone that's new to reading the Bible or struggling to read through it, it is complicated. It's God's book and it's meant to be studied and understood. Yes. Don't give up on it because when you look at the whole thing in context, you get a fresh revelation yes. and you mature in your faith. And each time you go back to it, it really does feed your soul and mm-hmm. nourishes you. As Psalm 119 over and over implies, yeah. like it. It satisfies you. Taste yeah, and see that absolutely. the Lord's good. Like it just, It's so sweet. It's yes. so good. It's be, become a friend, a comforter. Yes. So um, if you're not reading the Bible, you got to get in the Bible daily. You have yes. to have a plan to read the Bible. So start somewhere, Yes. anywhere, some reading plan. So yeah. wow. Well, we covered a lot today. We did. We, covered we probably went pretty long. History of journey, 14 years of dysfunction, and nothing but stories of transformation. We're on the precipice of revival. We're seeing it through changed lives. But we need to be a praying people. We need to be a repentant people, repenting of our sins on our knees. We need to be in the word of God, welcoming God into our lives. Yes, amen. We're going to see it. Well, any final thoughts or words? I don't think so. Perfect. We've
1: covered a lot.
0: I'm going to pray. So friends, if you made it this far, may God bless you. Lord, would your... face shine upon your people mm. for such a time as this, that we would see you in in such clear ways that we would, as the author of Hebrews says, keep our eyes on you, the founder, the perfecter, yes. the pioneer of our faith. It, it is only by you and through you that any of these things are possible. So I thank you for your grace and your goodness and your kindness. I pray that you would bless your church. Unlike anything we've seen in history, Lord, we pray that you uh, would, would, would work through your church, that there would be an outpouring of your spirit unlike anything we've seen before that Jesus, you'd be so glorified that the world would know so clearly who you are. I thank you for this time today just talking about all that you've done. You've worked through the good. You've worked through the bad. You've worked through the ugly God. And through it all, Jesus, you get the glory. Somehow, your word is so true that if we just love you If we stay faithful to you, you work all things together for good. So for that, I thank you that it's never too late with you, God. You turn all things around. God, may you continue to do that more and more in our time. May we raise up and do the right thing to do good works. May we love people the way you love them. May we be a praying people the way you prayed. We thank you for these things in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. So be it, and amen. 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 Thanks for joining us on The Journey of Confessions of a Pastor. Please hit subscribe and rate. We are better together. See you next time.